What's going on, people? It's your boy, B, as always, here with the Purpose Driven Risk Podcast. And we are here because we teach everyday people or students to live life with a purpose, take risks with a purpose. So I just wanted to go ahead and introduce our uh, our guest here, uh, which is a great friend of mine, um, a soon-to-be father, a wonderful husband, um, fire, ex-firefighter, ex-police, ex-SWAT, um, current state trooper. Listen, the list just goes on. Um, so he's here to talk to us uh, just about his journey, to give us his story um, as to how you know he was able to follow his purpose um, and take risks. So um, if you if you guys would just bear with us, go ahead and give us an intro, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and, and maybe what you're currently doing right now. All right. Hey, y'all. Uh, my name is Sammy Prevalis. I'm born and raised in Miami, Florida. Uh, hey, I like that shirt, V. <laughs> You know, you know, you know, we always repping out here. Come on now. Uh, my parents are from Haiti, so I'm of Haitian descent. Uh, I moved to uh, Tennessee when I went to college, uh, Southern Adventist University, and uh, I was a music education major. And then I dropped the music part, and then went straight to just education major. And then uh, my junior year at school, I joined the volunteer fire department that was close by the university we went to. And uh, I fell in love with emergency services and that had just uh, changed the trajectory of my life, career, and everything I thought I would be doing, it, it just went away. And right. I kind of focused on that. Right. And, uh, that's where, that's really where my love for uh, uh, emergency services started. So, so, so is that what you call it? That's like, whether you're in, uh, whether you're a cop, firefighter, ambulance all of that is just like underneath the one umbrella of emergency services so it's all emergency services fire police ems all okay, okay emergency okay. services so in essence when you call 911 it's an emergency you're gonna get depending on what type of emergency you're gonna get all three and so it's okay. all under uh that whole umbrella of emergency right services. it's probably just depending on what you tell them on the phone Correct. Is which people they you know get to Correct. go out there. So okay, cool, cool, cool. So so wait, so I don't want to mull over the fact that yes, we went to school together, uh, had a great experience, but I want to take it back really quickly to you said you started, and, and I didn't know this. You started with music education. Yeah, I think it was when music I, education. Yeah. Okay, I I think when I got there, you were just doing education. Yeah. I think so by I the time a, I got so my freshman year, you know, I, I play a lot of instruments. Uh, saxophone was my main thing, and. You know, I thought I wanted to teach music. I really didn't know what I wanted to do in life when I right. went to college. And so I was like, hey, I play the saxophone pretty good. Let me just study right. music and then teach. And uh, so my father is a school principal, so teaching. And I have older sisters that are teachers. So I was like, right. oh, I'll just merge music and teaching together. Two things that I'm okay with teaching and I love music. Right. But uh, I quickly realized that... Uh, a hobby cannot be for me. Could not be uh, my breadwinner. Mm, I hear him. I hear him. Um, you know, sometimes people they choose. Oh, I'm gonna do this career because I like it, and then right. you start doing it, and it has to be what, what brings food to your table. Right, and it becomes a job. It's not a. It's not a hobby anymore. It's not. It's a mm. job. And the amount of time and effort you gotta put into your craft, if if it's so, music for me is my escape. Okay. And uh, I didn't want it to be a craft. I didn't want. I didn't want to have to work hard at it every day to grind, right? Um, to bring money to the table. 
So I, so, so you didn't want to use something because that's, that's interesting. A lot of people say, "Hey, just turn your hobby into a cash cash flow cash making machine machine or whatever." But you're saying that because you were you you got so much joy out of it, and that was kind of like your release. You didn't want to make that exactly. put that pressure on yourself. Exactly. Like people like, people use the gym as a stress reliever. People use yep. playing basketball or knitting, sewing, right. uh, designing teachers, whatever it is. Right. Uh, whatever hobby it is, you know, right. and, and you might be really good at it, but when you switch that focus to, okay, this is what needs to bring money home, then you, that has things. to change. And so the stress that comes with it, I didn't want music because music was my, my stress relief. So right. Right. I, had, okay. I had to drop, I had to drop that part. And then I just went strictly education, uh, which I enjoyed. I really did. I, I, I still sub. Uh, as a teacher uh, on my days off when I can. So today right. I've been a sub now for about six, seven years. Right. Um, I was a student teacher, obviously, when I was an education major. And right. I've seen some of the same students. My very first class I was a student teacher at was first grade. And those students right now are sophomores in uh, high school. Um, and I still see them, still have contact. I still sub. I don't know if you're old or they're just like (laughs) not young anymore. Like I don't. We're old. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. on. We're old. Hold on, let me say something. It's my show. All right. (laughs) If I say you're old, you're old. If I'm young, I'm young. No, I'm just kidding. Nah, but but okay. So really quickly, I know that. Um, did you mention that that you're Haitian? A proud Haitian at that, right? Sure. And um. Was there any uh, draw, not even drawback, but was there any resistance when you told your family, like, "Hey, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to study music education"? No, no, not at all. So my Zero. dad, my dad being an educator, he didn't care. Right. My parents, they they didn't care what we did in life as long as we we're successful. That right. was my parents. I don't want to say the typical Haitian, but there's kind of like four or five career paths that Haitians will typically follow: nursing, doctor, lawyer. Uh, or engineer, those are yep. typical things yep. that you know Haitian parents, typical Haitian parents. That's what you need to be. Uh, yep. But my parents didn't care. Uh, my mom is a nurse practitioner. My dad's a school principal. Very age- right. educated folks, and uh, they didn't care as long as we had a college degree. That was their right. only requirement. They don't care. Um, and uh, you know, me and my siblings, that's what we did. We went to college and right. brought home a degree. So, no, no, no. That's that's clutch. I think that's that's cool and. Having met your parents, I I understand. Like your parents are the most Haitian, but not typical Haitian parents because they're just so. I think they understand. The thing is, I think your parents understand, even though they were they were born in Haiti, right? Yep. I think they more so understand what it's like to be Haitian American. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As like the second generation, like I think their careers has enabled them to see life differently. My mom being right, a nurse, right, 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 right. And so she understands the American way of life, right? Right, right, and right. And my right. dad being an educator, he knows the development of kids and he understands, he talks to his students. And uh, so he understands it's, it's different. You know, not, right. everyone, not every child has the same capacity. Not, you know, everyone can't do the same thing. And yeah, no, that's true. That. That's true. I think I think their careers definitely because a lot of parents look at all of their kids are like, listen, even they don't even understand some kids are different. Like, hey, Sammy's different than Tess, and Tess is different. Than, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they all have different strengths. Facts. So when when did you realize like, okay, now moving along to education? When did you realize that education was just like not gonna be it for you? So 
like I said, I really didn't know what I wanted to do in life. I just knew I had to go to college. My parents right. were paying for it. And right. so during that phase in life, that's I just knew I had to be in college. Right. And so I picked education because my dad obviously is an educator. Right. And I was like, you know, if I finish school, I, I'll get a job. I can go work at his school. Right. Like, I knew that. Uh, right. I would be working with my sisters. My sisters work at the school. They're teachers. And so... I have an older sister that's an eighth grade teacher and another older sister that's a daycare teacher at the same school my dad's a principal at. And so oh, I was okay, like, okay. I was like, you know what? I'll just study education and right. go work for my dad. Right. But uh, deep down inside, I knew I didn't really want to. Right. Because I don't like living under someone else's shadow and I don't like uh, nepotism. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I think that some people it works out great for others i mean i'm not saying uh you can't use uh your resources wisely because my right. dad is a resource and if i wanted to be an educator for myself then yes i would use you know my last name but right. i right. didn't want to build something that i really didn't like off of my father's reputation and whatnot right. and so right. i wanted to build it myself and uh, I think that's where emergency services kind of like kicked it off. It was my opportunity. Do something totally different, not attached to your parents Thanks. or not even attached to something your parents done in the past. Thanks. So what was it? So so you're out there in Chattanooga, Tennessee. That's where you went to college or some, yep. some may say college jail to be technical. But you're in um, Tennessee. And what was the thing, even though you were kind of already thinking that education wasn't it? Did you already, were you already interested in emergency before you pretty much pulled the plug on education or how, how did that work? And what was the turning point when you were like, yo, this is what I want to get into? Like right before you did the volunteer stuff. Yeah. How, so, how did you get into that? Because there's people right now um, who are trying to become firefighters and they just don't know where to even start. And I remember when you started volunteering with them, like driving, taking that bike, like every yeah. day. I'm like, where's this kid going? Why is he always wearing this hey, firefighter that's, shirt? That's risk number one. We can talk okay. about that right there. That's risk okay, take one. take us right. through it. So, so I'm a very curious person. I will I will literally do probably anything. Brandon, mm-hmm. you can tell the world like I, I've done about just about oh, yeah. everything. Why, He's crazy. I, I'll take y'all water rafting. Yep. I'm, a res- I'm a rescue swimmer. So Almost died. Man. Folks, no, Almost died. I, I would have saved you. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Uh, but yeah, I, I would literally do just about anything. Uh, and uh, so a guy who lived down the hall from me in the dorms, he had this t-shirt that said TCFD. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, what's his shirt? He said, try community volunteer fire department. I was like, oh, that's cool. He said, yo, you should join. I said, what do y'all do? He said, oh, yeah, I'm a fireman. I was like, you're a firefighter? But you go to school. He's like, yeah, you can do both. And right. it's really fun. And I was right. like, okay. So I threw in an application. And uh, I mean, the rest is history. I joined just off of curiosity because the dude down the hall said I should do it. So, and but but he was a volunteer or was he? He uh... was a volunteer. Okay. okay. And still a student at Southern. And okay. uh, so just off curiosity, I joined too. And I was like, oh, it's volunteer. I mean, it's not going to affect school. Right. And I get to do, like, they're going to teach me how to fight fire for free. I mean, that, right. cool, whatever. Just I'm just curious. I'll do right. whatever. Right. And so curiosity is really what started, uh, jump-started my career in the fire service. 
Um, for those who out who want to pursue a career in fire, I say it's a great job, a mm -hmm. super great job. Um, I know Florida is a lot different and each state is different. Some states are more lean towards volunteers when you have rural areas and that doesn't have heavily populated areas, not gonna be paying much. Uh, I would say do your research as far as what department you wanna work for. Yeah. Um, shop around as far as like pay. Some departments pay more than others. Um, that would mean you would have to either A, have a better resume or just be lucky um, and blessed by God, just have an opportunity to work. Um, and then don't be afraid to volunteer, um, you know, your services. Some people, they want to get that A plus job, but don't want to start with a C plus volunteer, no pay uh, gig. You know what I'm saying? You got to get your foot in the door because that right. looks better when the opportunity comes for the A, you're ready for it. Right, right, right. No, that's... Curve it's gone like don't be afraid to volunteer do some free work because you know agencies and corporations uh they love that stuff right um and and show something about your character that you're willing especially in my line of work because money is not it you can't you can't join emergency services for money um and so if you're doing it because you really enjoy it you'll you'll definitely go far okay hold on i want to take a quick second one of my plugs fell out here. Okay. Uh, all right. So I want to go back to kind of the volunteer part. Is it necessary to volunteer? And the honest opinion about, about the money and in emergency services. So first starting with, is it necessary? If I want to be a firefighter, is it necessary for me to volunteer? Or can I just go to school and get any degree to become a firefighter like if you could just speak towards if there's different routes if you could kind of go through those routes should i go to school and study fire safety or should i volunteer and study something different and then just go that route like what what do you think so there's a lot there's not one answer there's a lot of different routes that you could take uh to become a fireman um depend like i said it depends on what state you're at because each state has different requirements um, you might have to go to, I, I know a little bit about Florida because I did research about going back home to Florida. Right. Um, a lot of the community colleges hold their own fire academy. It's like a semester. And then okay. including the fire academy, you have to go to EMT school and maybe paramedic school as well as your whole package. Once you finish your fire academy and your EMT school, then for the most part, if you're trying to get a decently paid job like in the 60s and 70s starting off yeah. um, that's when you're able to apply because you're you already went to fire academy and you're already emt or, or paramedic certified right so i mean that's going to take you just by school alone that's going to take you about a year and a half of school year and a half and that's for the fire academy fire academy emt, EMT. That's, that's one year because it's semester each of that and then paramedic school actually make that two years. You don't necessarily have to go to paramedic school, but you're more shoppable. Right. Marketable. Right. Marketable. You're, like, right, you're, right, right. you're a better candidate if you are a paramedic as well. Right. Now, right. I will say a lot of guys, what they do is they go to fire academy, they go to EMT school, and while in paramedic school, they work as an EMT on a private ambulance company and stuff. Like okay. You can use your, you know, your uh, license and, and work 
it's not gonna it's not gonna make you rich but you're not gonna be stuck doing nothing while you apply for other jobs right no i, I and so i always like to ask our guests how long is this school gonna take and sometimes i mean if you know how much money i know it's it just it's just different depending yeah, on the school varies. you go to but yep. i always like to try to figure out to compare okay time versus the amount of money and then what people forget especially when taking risks especially when trying to like go to school and then get a job how long is it going to take you to get a job from the time that you graduate like how how in demand is this service you know what i'm saying so do you think that firefighter because i've heard right and i can only say what i've heard that getting into a fire station sometimes people are waiting like years years yeah no. i was going to say months no, but years. like to get to even get in so, so if you it depends on work? the department. It depends on the state. Like I said, um, I, since we're talking full-time, I'll talk about how I got on full-time. I applied to a full-time department and um, you don't, some departments don't require you to have fire academy prior to they hire you. They'll yeah. hire you and put you through their own academy and you're getting paid throughout that whole process. That is probably the best route for anybody apply is that, what you, is that what you did yeah. well i was volunteer prior so i already had that fire experience but oh, when, okay, I, okay. when i worked full-time in cleveland right cleveland tennessee is just north of chattanooga uh you know i applied there and because of my experience they just made me a more marketable candidate right but right. Uh, i graduated fire academy with cleveland with guys who had never fought fire before and so it's a good route. Uh, you can look at departments that will hire you straight on, like Chattanooga Fire. You don't have to have any experience. Um, you you apply, you take a test, you take your PT test. If they like you, they hire you, and they put you through the academy, and you're getting paid throughout the whole time. That's probably the best route for anybody who's not trying to wait long. Um, but you're going to be one of a 1,000 applicants. And this is where making your resume look good. So it benefits you if you can volunteer somewhere. Right. Uh, it benefits you if you can go to EMT school prior to, uh, you know, those are stuff that makes you just a, a more viable candidate. So so here's what I'm thinking. If you're talking to someone right now and telling them, hey, I'll go ahead and follow that fire route. I'm thinking based off what I've learned here today is I'm going to tell them, go ahead and try and volunteer. And if you can't volunteer, maybe you go to school and try to go through a community college to do the fire academy. And then you do the EMT. And then at least you have that EMT and you can work as an EMT and then go ahead and apply to different fire departments. And while you're waiting, at least you still have the EMT. Exactly. And I, just, I think it's important because, you know, I'm not saying that people are money hungry, but bro, things cost and people want to oh, be yeah. able to people want to be able to get to the money as quickly as possible. So I just think that like I've we've I've heard so much about like firefighting. How does it work? How do I get in? How do I start? And um, just being able to break that down, I think is important because people now understand like, yo, like you can be a firefighter. It's not going to take you four years of school. And then an extra two, just right. to, you know what I'm saying? It will, it may take some time, but at least you can get some tools that can make you some type of money before you even even get into it. So EMT school is one semester in college. Oh, okay, okay. One semester in college. I mean, that goes by. Was that three and a half months? 
Right. Like right. by now you do have to take tests and you have to pass the national national registry or right. not. But once you're done, you can get hired at private ambulance services and they're paying anywhere from fifteen to twenty five dollars depending on uh, what agency you work for as a you know ambulance service. Right. And so you can use that, stack some bread and I mean live life as you still set up for your next move. Right. Um, you know. Uh, in this line of work, I mean, you, you're never going to just get to where you want to be like that. You have, there are steps you got to take. And, it's, and, and I that's also, okay. Right. And, and I okay. also feel like, especially in firefighting, when you hear chief and you hear like lieutenant, I don't even know like what if that's what it's called. But I know that there can be a lot of politics as far oh, as like, yeah. hey, this person's been in this. Like, when can I get to this level? Oh, yeah. when, when that guy dies. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just I'm just being candid as to what I hear. I know that like leveling up or getting to that next tier, it really depends on whether that person leaves or that person you know hits the can so or whatever. Here's where, um, so in the fire service, you have certifications you have to take, um, just like pretty much everything. You have your right. uh, continued education class. You got to do whatever. In fire service, you have specific uh, certifications. You got a state search. You got to do. And uh, so when uh, I'll share a risk that I took before I continue with that, uh, I was in my last semester of, um, at Southern when I decided to quit school to pursue my career full-time fire. I had one more semester and I would have been done with the BA in elementary ed. Sheesh. And Bro, I, I feel hard. like I didn't, why don't I know this? Because I didn't really tell nobody this. Okay, okay, so, okay, okay. I just thought I was a bad friend. Here's the thing. So when, when I joined the volunteer department, you know, you all, you said it earlier. Who's that? Why is he always wearing that blue T-shirt? Right, I had, right. I heard that so much. I heard that so much. A lot of people, you know, you know, when you have your own dream and your own, you just got to yep. internalize it. Yep. I had heard so much negativity. So why is this dude always doing the fire stuff? Like, blah, 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 right. blah. At that point, I had to make a decision. This is what I want to, uh, a career in and pursue. Right. And so I didn't really care what people said. I didn't care that I wore that shirt all the time because I, as a volley, you can go anytime, right? Right. So I didn't care. That was my purpose at that time, right? Right. And so uh, anyways, I quit school one semester before I was done with school. And I got hired full-time in Cleveland. And uh, I quickly realized that, hey, I do need to finish school if Time I out. ever want to. Time out. What did you tell your parents that you were quitting school? So that's another thing. I did tell my parents. They did not like it. <laughs> they didn't like it. Come on, you just you just gotta mull over that. But so, one thing. So my parents are very supportive, and I had at that point in life, I kind you know you you, I got hired full time like twenty four I think. That's when I was okay. full time, and at that point in life, you know you kind of like start sinking or swimming, right. You know what I'm saying? And at that point, I, I started to stay afloat a little bit. I knew what I wanted to do in life, and I didn't care who supported it or not. Right. And so when I told my parents, hey, I'm about to get hired full time, it's a career job. Right. It's not a nine to five uh, flipping burgers type joint, right. which is nothing wrong with that. Right. But I quit school for a career job. And, okay. uh, and so... They didn't like it, but they still still supported me. My parents are awesome, right? They don't like it. They said what they want to say, right. but at the end of the day, I told them, "Hey, I'm not asking you for money no more. Uh, 
You don't have to worry about where I'm sleeping. Like, I'm right. paying my own bills at that point. Like, right. we good. Right. And so they didn't really like it at first, but they, they accepted it because they understood that, hey, he's pursuing his dream or whatever. Right. Whatever that might, like, might be, he's pursuing it. And so, right. anyways, I, I got hired and uh, I quickly realized that if I ever wanted to move up, in the fire service, I had to go back to school. So right. the moment I got fire academy, I started doing some research and I found a school online uh, and I transferred all my credits from Southern. And luckily I only had to do just the core major. So I switched my major again from education to fire science administration. Okay. Okay. And uh, I finished school about a year later. Okay. And, and I paid out of pocket. That I remember. Yeah. 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 Okay. I paid okay, out okay. of pocket. And uh, and I finished my my bachelor's in fire science administration. Uh, right in the fire service, if you ever want to move up, it it will behoove you uh, to definitely get a degree. Right. Um, and so, go ahead. So what? So okay, I just want to make sure the listeners are understanding. So when at the time when you chose to apply for Cleveland, you had already been, you were volunteering at Chattanooga in a different I was city. Still, I was still volunteering. Uh, the department is Tri Community Volunteer Department. I have been volunteering there for four years at this point. Okay. And so tell us some of the, like, what was the interview like? What were they asking you, like, in order to, like, get a job there? Uh, at the If you remember. No, no, no. I'm talking about when you, when you, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you went for full time, yeah. So... Um, the fire service is, I mean, any emergency service, it's more about service before self, right? Right. And so a lot of, uh, I'm sorry, my computer's acting up, but it's working now. Uh, a lot of places will ask you, like, you know, integrity, service, selflessness type questions. And with the fire department, it's more unique because you live in with, three to four other dudes for 24 hours pretty much. Right. And so they ask you more questions about like family, how to get along with other people, uh, uh, timeliness, professionalism. And I worked for, I still believe is one of the best departments in the state, fire departments in the state, including part Cleveland fire department. That's how much pride we had. They had when I applied and right. that I had when I was a member there. Right. I work there and I still do because those dudes are my brothers, right? I still go by the fire hall. I haven't worked there for two years and I still text. We still hang out. Uh, right. That's how close the bond is. And so in the fire service, you have a brotherhood. Um, you're a fireman and you are a brother. That That right. is it, no offense or buts. Um, um, and that's nationwide. Right. I can go to Miami, Florida, walk into the station, say, hey, I'm a fireman from Tennessee. They're going to invite me to dinner. I might get a free boat ride by the time I leave. <laughs> I mean, that's just how it is. And Listen, so, if you guys want free boat rides, become a fireman. <laughs> so, of course, in the interviews, you know, they ask more questions about, like, how to get along with people, how, how do you work or do well with teamwork. Because right. uh, it's all about a team. You work on a truck with three, four other dudes, and you have to work together to accomplish a goal, whether it's breaking in the door to go put fire out, um, going on a roof to vent the roof, you know, let smoke out the roof, um, going through a side window to go save the baby at the crib. I mean, whatever it is, you have to work as a team. Um, and so it, they hone more on those types of questions. Um, it's 
necessary. I mean, obviously your personal personality questions as well, but it's more geared towards how well you work with other people and how well you get along with people. Right. Okay. All right. So I just, I just want to make sure we understood. So you had been volunteering for four years. Listen, this is not an overnight process, no. people. But like you said, I believe you were marketable because when you went to Cleveland, they're like, okay, this guy, this guy's really knows his stuff. You know, we're going to teach him everything else he needs to know. And then you topped it off with, you know, the fire safety. So take us to, take us to a day in the life as a firefighter. I just want to like give people a picture of work-life balance, some of the things that you had to go through in the academy. And then, well, actually, no, let's, let's, let's focus on the academy and how rigorous that was. And then if you could just give us a day in the life of, you know, a firefighter um, and kind of understand what that was like for you. So the academy wasn't rigorous at all, except, except for PT. When I got hired, I was extremely out of shape. At least I wow. thought I was in shape. I thought I was in shape because I played ball or, you know, intramural so- school, soccer, or soccer right, right. whatever. But I was out of shape. And Jeez. the firefighting stuff was easy to me. Right. I had already been through fire academy. I've been doing that for four years. So here's the thing: you volunteer, you never lose the experience of work you work you've done, right? right. And with firefighting, uh, it's the same job wherever you go. You put the same gear on. You pull the same hose line the same way. Um, you go in the building the same way. I mean, it's it's you're taught the same thing everywhere. Right. And so, as far as firefighting learning and knowledge. I had that down pat. For me, I was out of shape. If I were to go back, I would have prepared myself physically. <laughs> and, then, and then it would have been a breeze. It really right. would have been a breeze. Um, you know, I had instructors telling me, like, man, like, other than your PT, you're good to go. Right. I mean, I, I had classmates who was like, hey, can you help me with this? I'll help right. you run a mile. <laughs> you know? right, right, right. Right. <laughs> hey, help me with this, uh, you know, work homework or packet whatever and, and you know I'll, work, I'll stay and work out with you right and right. so i had no issues uh with the school work like uh, the like the book the part book the book work part and the, part the practi- of it, yeah. and the practicals so you have book work and practicals when you right. get skills i had no issues it was just my pt so okay and okay I, i'll go into like the day in the life of a fireman so you start most places either seven or eight o'clock in the morning that's when you start your shift and you mm-hmm. most places 24 hours you're there for for 24 hours and then you're off 48 so you only work nine days a month yeah it's nine days a month listen when you were telling but, me that bro i but, almost i almost signed up bro but i, worked I almost signed up 200 and some hours Throughout the a month. Oh, because because you guys are so okay, so you guys are in the hall and you like you said you have to live with people, so they ask you questions about okay, how how you like there for twenty four hours straight. If we need to go to the store or go out, we go out as a truck. So everybody's going out. Is that like a thing? Is that like hey, you're not staying behind? Like what like why? Because if an emergency happens, we have to respond at any given time in our truck. But I'm saying if nobody's at the like, what if there's multiple emergencies at one time? Then you have different trucks to, uh, placed throughout the city. Okay, that's true. That's true. So, like, okay. I'll share an example. One of the guys, our driver, his kids played soccer. And so on a specific night during practice or if they had games, we all go to watch mm-hmm. his kids play. So he 
although he's working, he was still able to respond or go to the games. And, you know, we was supposed to cheer on, I don't know, Lil Susie or right. Lil Betty. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to say their names on here. Right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so as their family becomes our family, right? And yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's how the truck life works. If something's going on with somebody's family and we all have to go, we all go. It don't really matter. Right, um, right, right. So that's how it is. If if I need to get food because I love food, and I need to go to McDonald's or Walmart to right. grocery shop, we're going together. Right, right, right. If an emergency happens, we're all together and we're responding our trucks. So you're on the clock, but you're so for the we're full the 24 clock. hours, you're on you're the clock. You're getting paid full 24 hours, whether you, you get a call or not. How does that so on so on 24, off for 48 hours? Yeah, so I work go, nine days a week. I mean, nine days of so a month. So if I sorry. work Monday, if I work Monday, I go into Monday at 8 a.m., I right. get off work at Tuesday at 8 a.m., right? I don't report back to work until Thursday. Uh, okay. Okay. And, and another, you can't you can't work you can't work back to back. You can, but you're not scheduled to work back to back. Let's say we oh, work uh, together. You work on a the day after me, but you get sick, and you want me to work for you. I will work for you twenty four hours. Um, so I would be there for forty eight hours. Right. I can't work three days straight. Right. That makes sense. I still would have to have a day before my regular shift to come back. But we're going okay. too technical for that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, okay. I just want to. So, like, I what? How did you feel about the work-life balance? Because to some people, they're like, "Yo, I can do that. That's I'm cool. I'm a single person." But I know at the when you were a fire firefighter, I believe you were like starting to date, and like, what was that like? Like trying to deal with like you know home and and so, work at the same time. So when I started that schedule, I was single. I was not dating, and okay, which was good. Because I was focused on my career, whatever. And uh, so I liked it. And, yeah. you know, you work one day, you off two, it don't really bother me. Right. I mean, a day go by so quickly. And like I said, you're with your crew, their family. So you're eating lunch, breakfast, lunch, dinner. You're working out. You're watching TV. You're playing video games. I did homework. Right. Uh, I, right. Went, I do remember that, yeah. When I went to work, work was my homework days. Right. And so, because you have a lot of downtime. You right. still train. You know, we had a set schedule, uh, 8 o'clock to however long. You had a set schedule of training in the mornings. We have to do chores around the station, you know, clean right. rooms and clean the bays, wash the trucks, whatever. But once, you know, once after 1, 2 o'clock, when everything's done work-wise, um, then you have the rest of the night to do whatever you want, pretty much, unless we get a call. Right. <clears throat> and so it was good. I, I enjoyed that schedule. I had a lot, of, a lot of time off. A lot of guys, you'll see, they'll start a business and they'll work their days off. You know, they have a little mm. side hustle and supplement income, or whatnot. So, if you are looking into that career path, that is a good thing. You have so much time off that you can supplement your income by starting a business on the side um, and doing that. On and you'll have more time working on your side business than you are actually your career. And there's a lot of guys I worked with. You know, they stay on the fire department long term because of the benefits they yeah. make more money in their businesses than they do working fire but when you right. have a family and family insurance is cheap because right. you work for a city or a state government or a county government you know you don't have to pay for insurance you know, yep. health benefits none of that and yep. so it, it works out no that's that's I, I appreciate you saying that because i think a lot of our listeners are 
either they want to pivot into something else or they want to understand, hey, like, how can I get into something? Because this world, especially social media now, has created this thing where it's like, hey, you can't do both. You got to be an entrepreneur or you have to be a nine to fiver. But like, no, like, how about we just like merge them? You know what I'm saying? Like, but you have to find something that allows for that. So like, even myself, like I work a remote job right now where I can do this podcast and I can go and speak to people or be, be in certain places because, you know, I can, I can fly, you know, where I need to, because I can work from there. Right. I have the flexibility. So I think that that's key. I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that. So, you know, where I'm going next, how do we go from firefighter to policeman, bro? Like, like, Come on, bro. You're living. You know how Master P has been like a rapper, a ball player in the NBA, bro. He's a music mogul. Like he's, bro, he's done everything. That's how I feel like you are, bro. You're like (laughs) Master P. So how do you go from firefighting into policemen? All right. So um, here's my other risk in my notes, right? So as a firefighter, I had to be EMT. So I, I am still a licensed EMT. Uh, in the state of Tennessee, although I'm not a fireman anymore and I don't work on right. truck, but I still do medical stuff, right? And so I had a friend, a uh, really good friend of mine. Uh, I would do ride-alongs with him as, as a cop. So my days off, I'm bored. I'll just go sit in his patrol car right around. And one day he had SWAT training. And uh, he, uh, I was just staying around. I knew some of the guys, because, you know, I work calls with them and whatnot. And right. The SWAT team leader was telling him, like, hey, um, they had just lost uh, a police officer that left the police department to go work for ATF, which is a federal agency. He became a, a, a federale, whatever you want to call it. And mm-hmm. so he was their medic. He was their medic on the team, on the SWAT team. Right. And so the SWAT commander was like, hey, we don't have a medic on the team. Uh, if you all know anybody who's interested, let me know. And right. I was sitting in the back. I was like, I knew all the guys. Right. So I just kind of raised my hand and I was like, I'm an ENT. Right. Uh, I could do that. Right, <laughs> like, right, what right, do right. I need to do? And right. so after after that, I, I just went up and started talking to the commander. And he was like, yeah, okay, cool. And he was like, you would have to go to SWAT medic school, whatever. And so I said, okay, bet. Right. All right, cool. So I went home that night and I did my research. And I stayed up and I looked at uh, SWAT medic schools and requirements and stuff. Um, although I'm not a paramedic, I'm a step below that. Um, you can still be EMT and be a SWAT medic. Okay. And so I found a school. Uh, and I found a school. And all I needed was a signature from a, a supporting agency or uh, what's the word uh, I'm looking for? Not supporting. Sponsoring. Sponsoring okay. agency. Right. I paid for it myself. That's a risk. Mm-hmm. I paid for it myself. It was in Florida. I drove my car down to Florida. Hey, you guys a... don't understand. Yeah. If you guys knew what what car he's talking about, <laughs> boy, that's a risk. You know what I'm saying? That's a risk. Hey. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So you drove your car down to Florida. How long I, was it? I don't mind sharing what I was pushing. I was pushing 04 Nissan Sentra. Boy, and that joint was pushing. Hey, it he got us around, it. didn't I? Yeah, anyway, so I went to I, I found a school and all I needed was a signature from the supporting. So I went to the right. commander and said, Hey, I really want to do this. That's another risk. So I feel like some people are afraid to put themselves out there uh, in their services. Again, this is I, I wasn't getting paid for it, it was a volunteer thing. 
It was something that was going to go on my resume, right? right. I wasn't going to get paid for it, but it's an experience that I wanted. I thought it was right. pretty cool and it looked fun. Right. I'm curious. Right. And so I'll do anything. And so I went to him and said, hey, I did my research. I went to, this is a school. And he looked at the school and said, yeah, this is a really good school. And you found a really good deal. He signed a thing. And for for them, they didn't have to pay anything. All they had to do was give me some gear, some gear mm. that they had stored. Right. I was driving myself. I had paid for it in full. All I needed was a signature and some gear. Some gear, yeah. And so That was it. Yeah. I went down to school. The Swap Medic School is a great training. I still talk to some of the guys in my class. They're down in Florida. Right. And, uh, I came back and, dude, I um, passed the assessment. And then I became the full-time medic on the SWAT team. That's and this and was this was a volunteer SWAT team? So the officers are full-time paid police officers. Me, as okay. the medic on the team, I was a volunteer. Okay, okay, got you. Yeah, I tagged along with them when they got call-ups and stuff like that. Right. And uh, so check this out. Because I'm a fireman. And so a lot of people don't think that you know their experiences are valuable. Right. And so because I was a fireman, I was a, I drove trucks. I could drive any truck in the fire service because I had just the training right. for that. Right, right, right. Because uh, I was certified. I went to right. school. And so anyways, so when I joined the team as the medic, that's all I do was just medical stuff. If the team guys went during training, if the teams that got hurt, I bandaged them up. I made sure everyone was hydrated. I was pretty much the team doctor pretty much. Right. And so. And if we went on a call out, if a suspect got injured or something like that, I'm going to check them out, make sure they're good to go. And if we need to transport them to the hospital, I pass that information on to the ambulance or to the hospital when we get there. Right. Anyways, but because of my experience of driving fire trucks and big, bigger trucks and being trained to do that, uh, we got a call, the first call out I went to, and uh, they need someone to drive. And one of the Dang. team leaders was like, Sammy certified to drive big trucks. Why can't he drive a SWAT truck? <laughs> and I, was no, I was just kind of standing in the back, and I was like, okay. Right. So here like, I am. Like, like, give me the keys. Let me whip that Thanks. thing real quick. Man, I got the keys. Hey. keys. Hey, keys. <laughs> but uh, so I became the team driver and right. the medic in a matter of a couple weeks just okay. off of me being in the right place and just, hey, I could do that. Right. And so, um, so I did that for a while. But it started getting a little boring when we get on call-outs, and I couldn't do that. I would see the guys go in, break the doors, and go search the rooms, right. and I wanted to do that. They were like, hey, hey you stay in the car, right? Facts. And I, I, would, have to see, I would have to stay in, uh, in the CCP, which is called the Casualty Collection Point. That's where we designate the area. If someone got hurt, they're coming to me in that area. And me that's there, where right? I had to stay. That got boring, you know. I'm a worker. I want to. I'm curious. I want to just go do work. Right. And so I was like, man, I want. I really want to like go in and kick doors in and search. And the only way to do that is I had to be an officer. And right. so the department that I was uh, a medic at had reserve officers. You remember when I did that? Yes. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I put in for a reserve slot. That was kind of guaranteed. I was going to get it because I was already working for them anyways. Right. So I became a reserve police officer. And so, because I was now, I graduated reserve officer. And now, so as a reserve, you go through pretty much the same police academy like a full-time would. Right. So, I mean, it was four months long. Um, and I did that while still working my full-time job at the fire department. Right. Um, 
And again, to reiterate, you can do your your own personal ventures and still work. That's what I'm, bro. I was getting ready to say that. I was like, so just to just to make sure the listeners understand, this guy was a full time firefighter, yeah. right? Uh, and still able to have these experience to kind of like add to his back. But yeah, yeah, as you're saying, yeah. So went to academy, got out of academy, did field training, and so you have to do field training. Like I had to work patrol. Right. And get out, answer calls, write tickets, the whole nine yards. Right. Pretty much, I was a cop. I just was reserved, wasn't getting paid full time. That makes right. sense. Right. And so, because of that, now when I was on the team as the medic, now I can get, uh, I can carry my, a gun, rifle, and all that stuff. Now I'm breaking indoors too, still <laughs> as the medic. You know what I'm saying? Still as right. the medic. That was my primary function, but I can go in and do work. Right, 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 which right. is what I wanted to do. That's how I got into law enforcement. And so uh, I'm sure you're going to want to ask so why did I switch from fire full time? Of, of course, I, bro. Police. Okay, so so really quick, while you were doing the reserve, reserve police, you were still full time firefighter? I was still full time fire. Wow. Still full time fire. And so before we go into why you made the switch, I just want everybody to understand the you know, just being in close proximity and understanding that every person you meet could be a piece to your puzzle. Like, Sammy could have been a firefighter who was like, no, I just want to work. I just want to go home. Like, that's it. Like, that's all I really care about. And I'm just going to keep it like that. Right. But I think that a lot of times, if we're just curious, like, we don't even have to make things super complicated and be like, well, I wrote this down in my notebook and I put this on my vision board and this is what I'm going to accomplish. Like, that's cool. But there's also a side of it where it's like, yo, if you just stay curious throughout your life, and I can say like, as Sammy's friend, like this guy's a curious guy, like he, <laughs> he'll, he'll try anything like once seriously. But like, I think that has except served for drugs. him. Right. Except for drugs. <laughs> kids. But like, I think that has served him because like his ability to stay curious and pair that with meeting people who can eventually serve him, you know what I'm saying? Um, pretty much puts him in a great place to be like, okay, cool. If I want to make the next step in a position that I've never been in, who can I pull from? Who knows me? And, but he's also serving like people yeah. don't, don't forget that like serving, yeah. not being paid, being in the reserve, like volunteering, like taking that trip, like serving. Right. So, but yes, of course, I'm going to ask you why, you're making good money as a well. Okay, let's not even talk about the money. You're satisfied as a as a, and I'm asking, are you satisfied as a firefighter at that point? At that point, yes, I was satisfied. Okay, so how do you go from being satisfied and pretty content to yo? I want to become officially become you know so, part of law enforcement as a police. So it it goes down to what you said about service. I love helping people and serving people in an emergency capacity. Uh, uh, I've learned that not everyone can handle uh, high stress situations. That's true, very true. And uh, I enjoy responding uh, when people are at their worst. I enjoy being that person uh, to respond and provide a helping hand. And uh, so at the fire hall, like I said, there's a lot of downtime. And I finished school, I was bored a lot because mm -hmm. now I don't have no homework to distract me. Right. Video game, you can just play so many video games, you know, I mean, yeah. and then it gets boring. But, so, uh, I finished reserve, and I had done FTO, and I'm done now. Now I'm working the road, uh, all my days off, whatever. 
I've uh, again enjoyed and fell in love with patrol. Um, police officers get so much negative negative kind of uh, connotation, whatever you want to call it. Um, which is kind of funny because when I started doing this, this is when the trend was starting as far as like uh, ACAB and defund the police. This was right. during that time. Right. And, and that's what I was going to ask you. Like, how was it? I remember when you told me that you were going to go into the academy or like officially become, you know, a police you know, officer. And, bro, that was yeah. legit. So like I, the I, height. I, I went full time right before George Floyd. Uh, incident. Right. And so the height of all of that stuff. So we were scared for you, bro. I mean, and I just, I think that like, and you remember the call we had where people were just like berating you, asking you questions. And I was one of them. And I think that it, it really came out of love, but you have to understand we're totally uneducated about yeah. what it is to be a cop. So we're asking you as like civilians, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, yeah, why no, would no. you do this? I, so, didn't, I didn't feel no type of way about it because like I said, I had already been in emergency services as a right. whole for at that point, six years, seven years. Right. And so to me, and I'll go a little political about it. Uh, I know you don't want to do that. No, no, no. It's, go it's, a little political. My, it's all my good. My thing is, I feel like we need good servicemen in our communities, right? We need it. Right. Um, whether it's police, fire, or EMS, we need good people who are going to serve in that capacity. I believe I'm one of those good people. Right. Um, I've learned uh, that I cannot change how people think about me, my appearance, or what I do. All I can do is control myself, right? right. And so I enjoy what I do, and I'm going to keep doing it. I enjoy serving others. It don't matter where you're from, who you are, how old you are, how young you are. You call, I'm coming. That's always right. been my mindset and always will be my mindset. And so... When I see a lot of people complain, oh, we need good cops and we need this, and here I am. I'm a good person and I love serving. I can serve in that capacity. I'm going to put myself out there and do it. You know, a lot of times people complain, oh, we need more good cops, but yet they will never answer the call themselves. Right, right. I'm not, to me, that's a coward. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you say that and you already have a career, that's one thing. But if you're not doing nothing with your life and you're complaining, you could be the difference you want to see. I live right. that every day. I try to be the difference maker that I want to see in my community. And as a, when I started as a reserve and I started working the road, because I had to do those responsibilities outside of SWAT, uh, work the road, I enjoyed answering calls. I enjoyed going and, and talking to people and dealing with domestics right. and, and, and seeing people at their worst and trying to be a problem solver. I enjoyed that. And I felt like I did more for my community as a cop than I did as a fireman because I was interacting with people a lot more. And mm. so, uh, and y'all like, know me, I like talking to people. It don't really matter. I interact with anybody. Right. And so right. because I fell in love with that, I was like, I enjoy dealing with people a lot more than I do sitting at the fire hall waiting for a call. And right. so that's why I decided to go full-time police in the midst of all the negativity and all that other stuff. And let me tell you, man, like it's, I've had some gun punches while being a cop and right. unfortunately, and it's both, it's both from black folk and both from white folk. Right. Um, and I'll, I'll share, I'll share two um, stories real quick. One was like me and another fellow black officer where I used to work with, 
um, we both shared that, unfortunately, we get looked worse by our own black people when we're in uniform. And and that it, it's it's sad because we're as a community complaining that we need more representation and right. we need more people like us in these positions. Right. And yet here we are, you have someone like you, you have your own representation and you're looking down on them like right. they're a traitor or whatever. That's right. hard psychologically, you know, but I don't let it bother me. That's right. that's example number one. Example number two is this one really bothered me like it really bothered me and uh shoot i'm about to just get emotional just thinking about that but so during the whole this was like shortly after uh george floyd and uh probably a year later after all that stuff i was driving down the road and this lady was in my lane coming it's two lane road she was in my lane swerving on her phone expired tag speeding no insurance Mm-hmm. I get behind her and I find out all the other stuff. But she was in my lane and speed, right? Yeah. So I get out and I get all that stuff and I tell her, hey, you're doing this, this, this. And she was mouthing off to me, right? And so at that point, I saw as a cop, I'm not, uh, I don't really like writing tickets. I, yeah. I don't really like writing tickets. But if you mouth off to me when you're in the wrong, yeah. you getting paper. I mean, you getting that like, ticket. You, right. you getting paper, right? right. And so. Anyway, so I go back, I reapproach the lady and I say, Hey, you are getting a citation for this, this, and that's probably the most I've ever written somebody. Right. The most citations at once. Right. Anything I write before, I wrote her. I don't do that, America, but <laughs> But this time. Yeah. That time I did. Right. And so uh so I had her I said, Hey, you need a sign for this. And she looks at me and she's like, Oh my gosh, da, 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 da. and then she was like, I'm not even racist. And I was like, Excuse me? Sign <laughs> right here for me. Right. The day, and then right. I walked out. Right. And so for me, when I got back to my car, bro, like, I took it as, and I will always take it as that. Um, I felt like she, because she was a white um, female, I'm a black officer, I felt like she said that in a sense that I was retaliating because all the you know, oh, okay. All the stuff that was going on. So yeah, now I'm right. a black cop and I'm going to, you know, and that bothered me because here I am at that point. I've been, this was a year or two ago. I've been in emergency services for 10 years now, a little right. over 10 years. At that point, I was eight, nine years in. And, you know, when we say we put our lives online, we really do. Like right. I, I've, I've literally done it. I've gone into some sketchy houses uh, on fire, right. um, got injured stuff like that i've been burnt on my neck i've literally done that right and when she said that like it it struck a nerve that she would question my integrity and say why why would i retaliate right just because you're white like ma'am like i don't care who you are right you know i put my life on the line for anybody right and do the when i mean it bothered me like it, it brought tears to my eyes i had called my supervisor who has some happens to be one of my best friends and uh we talked and uh then i called my fellow uh, other officer who's black and we talked and that helped yeah. but dude like that, that still today like i mean you can see like i'm getting emotional yeah yeah no like, i think dude, that i think like it's like it's dude like i i take pride in what i do right. and i do it to the best of my and i really don't care who you are i'm gonna put like you know i have a wife i got a son coming in a couple weeks, right? You know, 
and yet I still put on a uniform every day to go serve people I don't know. And here right. you are, because of my color, you think I'm going to retaliate. Right. You know, that and, ser- and serving other people to make sure that not only they're safe, but that they can go home to their family Thanks. safe. And that, yeah, I mean, I think that, um, so, so, and, I, and I'm going to go back a little bit and then we'll fast forward back to here. But when you became a policeman, did you feel like you were able to be more of yourself and tap into more of what like you are as a person? Because I remember you mentioned like as a firefighter, you weren't having those interactions with people. And that wasn't that was something that you felt like was missing. So you felt like becoming a policeman is like, OK, cool. I can show the world a little bit more of Sammy Prevalis, you know, as who yeah. I am. Versus when I am a fire, I just want to make sure I understand. Like, what was the purpose behind so, the whole, the whole going from firefighter to policeman? I like talking to people. I, I like, uh, I like making a difference. Does that make sense? Right. But I also like being in the background. And as a cop, you can do both. Right. Um, you can make the little things and help people out, and how you talk to people. I. I do it so much, I don't even think about it, but I know it makes a lasting impression on, on those people, right? Because yeah. I've got those um, chiefs call me, hey, you just got a compliment from so-and-so. I don't even remember the encounter, right? right? And so I just felt like I did more. I was making more of a difference because fire and police shouldn't be, it's a very valuable, good, great jobs, right? Both, I did both. Right. And but fire, you're waiting at the fire hall for a call, and you do respond, and you help people, and people definitely value your your services. Right. But you don't really enter your part of your job is not to interact with the public. If that makes sense. You know, people yeah. can drive by the stations and show kids trucks, but that's not part of your daily job. As a cop, right. you are on the road patrolling the community neighborhoods. Right. And so I like that. I got right. out and played with kids and played basketball with kids. I got to help people uh, put their groceries in their cars. I mean, change tires. Right. So I, I enjoyed that a little bit more. And that's why I kind of switched. Right. No. Okay. No, no. I, and I just wanted to, to just make sure that we kind of covered that. It's not, it's not that I didn't dislike fire. Right. I still love fighting fire. I, I would do anything to go into burning bullet right now. But, wow. Uh, I told you guys, this guy is trying anything, right? He's crazy. Yeah. But I, like, I think for me, the reason why, and and this is just me, obviously, I'm a little bit biased because I'm your friend, but at the same point, when you were telling us that you were becoming, I mean, as you know, I mean, you just graduated once again, every step of the way, you're like, hey, boys, this is what I'm doing, and we're excited for you. I think that how people saw it, because I also had a couple other uh, people, even family members who were going into, like, you know, police during that time, and I'm like, I think the why it kind of hurt a little bit certain people is because it's like you're seeing like your community be oppressed or you know whatever you like to call it and then at that very moment it's like hey guys like i know that i'm gonna go ahead i know that like our community is being oppressed but i'm gonna go ahead and join that team but they're not thinking about the fact that yes there are bad apples on those teams and there's people who are trying to like switch that around and i think that's something that me personally like I had to battle with understanding, like if you would have told me a year earlier before all those, you know, killings and different things were happening, or maybe even after I would have been like, Oh, yo, that's lit. Let's go. Like, you know, 
for, my initial response would have yeah. been different. So like, I just appreciate that as a person. And obviously this is on air in the podcast, but as a person, you were like very understanding of myself and some of the other friends who were just kind of like taken back. Like our initial response was like, why would you do that? Just because of what we were seeing. But I can honestly say like, I think that now that I think about who you were as a friend throughout college, who you were as a friend post-college, I saw, I can see you being a, a policeman more than a firefighter, just because of how you helped us, like, as a friend, who you were in our crew, like, not that you were, like, not that you were someone who just, like, cared about, like, keeping the rules up, not that you were boring, it wasn't that, it was just that all the way through, I could see you more as, versus being a firefighter, I'm like, I definitely understand why he did that because as far as the caring part of it, as far as the community building part of it, like being able to bring people together, like that's literally who you've been, you know, our entire lives. And then now you're just doing that as a profession. And I think like, I I see it now. I can definitely see policeman over firefighter, but it's crazy because you're, you're not a policeman anymore. Now you are, if you want to go ahead and take it away. Now you're into. Yeah. I work for the, Tennessee State uh, Highway Patrol. State and trooper, I, baby. I'm a state trooper. Yep. That's crazy. And I so, okay. just graduated July 1st. So so I know I know it's new, um, and we won't spend too much time because we're going to wrap up in the next 10 minutes. But if you could just take us through, like, how, once again, how did you transition from policeman to, hey, like, I'm going to go ahead and go the state trooper route. And I know you've only been there for a little bit. How has it been so far? But yeah. So I'll share a little bit myself as far as my dream, dream job. I've been chasing my dream, dream, dream job for a long time. Uh, When I was in high school, I had applied to the Army. Mm. Um, They still have a program called From High School to Flight School. And you have to Mm. take the ASVAB test score high enough, then you take the uh, aviation test. I think it's called the CIV test, whatever. And if you score high enough to get selected to go to a program, and I yeah. did, but my parents did not want me to join the military at all. So it's always in my Jeez. dream to fly helicopters. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if y'all can see this, but this one, I'll bring it in here. This helicopter, it's a Chinook helicopter, uh, flies in the U.S. Army. It's my favorite helicopter. It's just beautiful. Okay, and, okay. And anyways, uh... Uh, I've always wanted to fly helicopters, and so last year, uh, I did a discovery flight down in Atlanta, which is about an hour and 45 minutes from where I live, and uh, I realized that I can get my license, my pilot's license, uh, privately, on my own, without having to join the military, Mm -hmm. and so with the help of my parents, I paid for lessons um, on my own, and when I was getting off work, I would drive down. Uh, to Atlanta and take my lessons, drive back home. I mean, that's another risk, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is and this is while you're a full time full time policeman, cop, and right. married at this point. Right. Yep. Uh, with a wife and who's very supportive. I love her. But uh, dude, it was it was rough having looking back at it. It's like man, like I would get off work and drive down to Atlanta. Right. Um, spend the night. At you know, my wife's siblings' apartment, wake up early, take an hour lesson flight, right. uh, either stay there that day to do another flight the next day, or mm-hmm. come back home. 
Right. I was, I mean, I was spending money on gas. And just for reference, from chat to Atlanta, if you don't know, that's like a good hour, 45 minutes. Yeah, almost two hours. Call well, it was, two, yeah. I was nor, near the north side, but yeah, about hour 45, hour 50. Right. Where the airport, I was flying out at. And uh, anyway, so I was commuting out to Atlanta, taking flight lessons, and uh, I realized how much closer I was to my dream flying helicopters full time. Right. And because I was doing it privately, it opened doors as far as my eyes. I can do fly helicopters for law enforcement. Right. Still be a cop and fly helicopters because bigger agencies have air units. So right. agency I used to work for um, did not and probably will never uh, have a helicopter because it's so small. Right. And so um, after I got done flying, yes, I can fly helicopters. I took my wife up and boys in the hella I show the boys pictures and stuff mm-hmm. and so anyways I, I wanted to go to an agency that would allow me to still be in law enforcement and fly helicopters eventually and so i did a lot of praying um a lot of uh, research and i had a friend of mine who we went to college together as well he's a state trooper been there for eight years now right. he's been talking to me for over a year hey you should come over you should come over you should and i was like nah right i'm good where i'm at and then like finally he got he got me in contact with one of the pilots who flies for tennessee Air patrol thp because that's probably mm-hmm. what i'll say from here on out um he got me in contact with one of the pilots that flies for thp another black pilot and what is thp real quick uh, tennessee Air patrol okay cool yeah and so anyways got me in contact with him we talked for hours he told me like how I could fly, how long it would take me to get there, right. and I just felt like that was doable. Right. Um, I still enjoy law enforcement, police work, and so if I never get to fly, I'm not gonna be angry because right. this agency is better and more pay, et cetera, et cetera. It was a good move regardless. Right. But I took the risk on applying to a new agency. Um, and it was hard because in college, I was a prominent me- uh, member of the community. I was active in my community. I was that cop that everybody knew. That right. makes sense? Right. But I also did my job, too. I took a lot of people to jail. I got drugs <laughs> off the street. I did do DUIs and stuff. You know, a lot of times people think that you can either do one or the other. Right. No, no. I, 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 Listen, I see it all the time. Like, oh, no, you, you, if you're the cool cop, you're the cool cop. Nah. If you're if you're the cop that brings the hammer down, that's all you are. You can like, do both because I did right. both. I, right. I, I organize a lot of our community events, um, kid stuff and pop popsicle give outs. I organize a lot of that in my community, but I also was one of the leading arrest guys and drug takers, I mean, getters and all that stuff. Anyway, you right. can do both. Right. But anyway, so now I'm with the state and hopefully my dream is to fly for them or get the opportunity to fly for them. Um, in a year or so, year or two, right. maybe three years, depending on how long it takes. But I'm willing to take that risk right. to get to where I want to get to. And right. I will share, because I know you, we're trying to wrap up, all the experiences that I've had from fire, EMS. If I go to the area, when I go to the area, we're going to talk positivity. When I get to go. the area, go. I'm going to be able to use that. So I learned that when you go to the area, unit. As a new hiree, your first step, you don't just go straight to flying. Although yeah. I know how to fly. 
You don't go straight to flying. You go as a tactical flight officer, which is the TFO. They're the ones who run, they're pretty much the co-pilot. They run the cameras and the radios. And if y'all see like um, choppers that do rescues, they have hoist when people go down the helicopter. Yes, yeah, get, yeah, yeah. You know, patients. Like they airlift, when you're getting airlifted? Yeah, when you get yeah. airlifted. They do that as well. So because I'm an EMT, I'm still an EMT, and all my rescue, technical rescue experience that I've had at the fire department, it's going to make me a more viable candidate for when that yeah. slot opens up. Right. Sammy can do this. He's medical. He's he's going to be a more viable candidate, whereas not everyone has been and done what I've done. Right. You, like right. I said before, you don't lose all the knowledge and experience that you've had over the years. You just don't right. lose it. It just compounds. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I think that, bro, I if you if you feel comfortable, let the people know, like, your age. How old are you? I just turned 30. Bro, and, and, and I think people got to understand, man, like, like this life is going to go forward regardless. So if you're thinking about going to flight school, if you're thinking about going to a fire academy, if you're thinking about going to police academy, like, this dude just knocked out traditional education, which is you know, like your um, traditional college, university, right? Knocked that out, has that degree, went ahead and went through fire academy, went through police academy, did a, a training, a, a medic training um, to be, do the SWAT uh, team, and then also went ahead, got his flight license, uh, went to flight school, and is now state trooper. Like, I think what we can learn from Sam, you guys, is that time is going to go by. What are you going to do with it? Like, you think 30 is old until you get to 30 and you're like, yo, yeah, I'm young. Yeah, like, still, I have so much more to so do. Much more. I'll, I'll say this. I'll add on. You know, I, I don't like to talk about all the accolades or whatever. No, no, no. But, but, but flex one time. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. So... I mean, I've gone to a specialized rescue school. Like, I'm a rescue swimmer for swift water stuff. So if there's a flood and, you know, you have a lot of water gushing through, I'm um, certified to go rescue some, you know, put on suits and go get people out. Um, but I got a lot of other technical stuff. I can drive literally everything uh, in the fire department still because my certifications are still up. And so, and even with police, <clears throat> There's a lot of different schools that you can go through and continue education and don't be afraid to go through that. Like I've gone through so many other stuff. I have a binder full of certificates of classes that I've gone through. Right. Um, so I'll, I'll share a little bit. When I transferred my credits from Southern to that school so I can get my fire science degree, I also turned in all at, at that point. It was it was a decent amount of certifications that I had gotten from the fire department, right. and they gave me like thirty credits or twenty five credits just off my fire certs right. that I had. I mean, these are one week, two week classes, and they're giving me three credit college. And are they credit. the the certs that you were getting from the fire department? Are they required, or was that stuff that you were just like, no, I want to go ahead? Some required, some were just extra. Okay, okay, no, I, and I think. I think, you know, like you said, so that, all, that your, could... all your technical rescue classes that you take, they're not required. Okay. No, but, but, but I'm going to ask because there are people who are at their job and they're trying to understand like, yo, what can I get from this job? Like you're not even doing, you're not even maxing out what you could receive from that job, but you want something else. Man. So, so there's a saying we say in, in, in 
fire police EMS. Like, we don't care if the class is basket weaving. Right. I'll take it. Right. Right. Yeah. Then, and, yeah. And it's, you know, it's a week or two weeks, three weeks, and that goes by like that. And right. you'll never know when it'll be of your service. Yeah. You know? Uh, like I said, like, so one of, part of my prayers was not when I was looking for agency or something to do for the rest of my life at this right. point, right? I wanted to incorporate everything that I've been doing in the past. And so when you look at, you know, my trajectory to potentially be part of the aviation unit with THP, hopefully, um, that'll incorporate my EMT skills, right? all my medical skills, all the technical fire rescue stuff. Um, you know, how to save a, a patient, how to package them in a, uh, in a, you know, something to be lifted up or whatever. Right. And so all that's going to, I didn't forget none of that. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, when the time comes and the opportunity opens up for me to transition to, into that role, I've already had a vast background in technical rescue and medical training. That's just going to make me a better viable candidate for whatever uh, you know, it calls for. So right, right. all the stuff that you go through, you can make moves to set up your next move. Yep. And you never lose all that knowledge and stuff that uh, you, you've gained throughout your journey. Right, right. No, that's that's key. That's key. No, I think that, um, you know, like for, for me, I think that the listeners, the community, I think they're going to like this podcast because not only did you give us three different career routes, like, you know, that you can go down, but I think it's really, yes, you're taking the risk. And then as you're taking the risk, you're still like gaining knowledge at every step. So like, I know so many people who may have a job, right. But at their job, they're offering these different searches, offering these different things that aren't mandatory, but they're just not, just not taking it, you know what I'm saying? And I don't look down on those people, but I also say like you can't say that you want more for yourself, or you can't say that you're trying to set up your next move right. if you if you're not building and putting things in your toolbox. I think that's a good way to put it. Is that at every step of your career, you've added to your toolbox, and I think it's allowed you to become a better policeman, a, a better state trooper. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I think that, um, especially when People are just looking for fast money right now. People are just like, yo, like, how can I just do this? And just hopefully once I do this, I'll be good for the rest of my life. Life is evolving. Life is ever changing. So Thanks. if you're looking for something that you can do that will just stay the same for the rest of your life, you're just, you're going to be going around in circles like that. Life just doesn't work like Thanks. that. Um but I'm going to go ahead and uh, let these people know where they can find me. But as I'm doing that, take some time. Think about just some closing remarks. If you had any advice that you would give to someone who's looking to getting into emergency services, um, you know, it doesn't got to be deep. If it is deep, awesome. But uh, just some closing remarks. I'm going to go ahead and do my part and, and, and give you a second to think about that. Um, so, everyone, I just want you to know, man, this is the Purpose Driven Risk Podcast. And you can find us on IG, Instagram under at purpose driven risks that's with the s r i s k s purpose driven risk podcast and then you can also find us on any platform you listen to podcasts whether it's apple spotify uh google amazon music and also youtube if you want to watch um you know obviously um the uh video version of this episode uh we thank you guys for the support um, and as always, we are simply just trying to help everyday people, everyday students take risks with a purpose. 
Uh, that's about it. But man, Sammy, if you want to just go ahead and take us out, uh, give us, you know, the clothing remarks as to what advice you may give someone if they're looking to get into emergency services. Um, one thing I'll share, and I, my wife, you know, you can always learn something from your wife. I know a lot of, course. of things, but my wife They, they know everything. Me. Yeah, so um, like B say, I've been, I've been in this for about a decade now, and I still feel like I haven't reached my dream job yet, right? I'm still in pursuit of that. And I'm still taking risks to get to that place. But at the same time, um, you have to take time to look back at what you've done and appreciate that. Uh, sometimes people don't appreciate their journey until that time is gone. I think Kanye said it, you know, people don't live in their moment until that time is gone. That moment's yeah. gone and then you regret it, right? Yeah. I think he said that when he won the award or whatever. But, um, you know, my wife telling me that, I had to sit back and look at all the stuff that I've done. I was like, man, like you really have done a lot uh, in a short time or whatever you want to call it, but I've done a lot and <clears throat> give myself some credit. And that doesn't, it actually motivates me a little bit more because it's like, okay, you've done so much. You can, you can get there. You just got to keep grinding. It might right. take some time, but just keep grinding. If you get done, you come from here you appreciate your journey when you look back and say, okay, I, I, I went from point A to point B. I might have to go back to point A, but here now I'm point D. You know, right. you know what I'm saying? And so you appreciate your journey and you, you, you gain knowledge, you learn from it and keep going. Um, and when you get to wherever you want to get to, it just makes that whole process so much sweeter. And right. it just means so much. Because sometimes, you know, you get from point A to Z real quick and you don't take advantage yeah. of it. And you just yeah. like, oh, you know, okay, what's next? You don't, right. this is where I wanted to be, but now I'm here. It's like, it, it's lost its value. Right. In, in right. essence, you know what I'm saying? Like, it comes so easy. You don't know, you don't take, you take it for granted. Right. And so I know when I get to where I want to, I want to be eventually, I would have appreciated the journey and the process and all the people that I've met and helped get to where I need to be or I wanted to be. Um, and I, I'll just enjoy it a lot more. Right, right. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. No, Sammy, we appreciate you coming on, man. Um, if you guys are in the state of Tennessee, um, slow down because my boy <laughs> will pull you over. Real talk, all right? Um, he's doing his job and he's doing his job well. Uh, but no, we appreciate you coming on the show, man. I, I will say I'm going to be posting uh, different clips of this podcast and it'll have his Instagram in there. Uh, and if you guys have any questions, please hit him up. Like like Sammy has said, and I can tell you as his friend for the last eight years, that this guy is um, a, a wealth of knowledge. So hit him up. Hit him in the DM. If you have a question about whether it's fire, whether it's policeman, whether it's state trooper, anything about life, like I promise you, give him some time. He's going to reach back out to you. Um, and I think that's what we pride ourselves on this show is bringing on people who not only are going to be here for the show, but after the show, they know that people may be reaching out to them and maybe want a little bit more information and uh, they're going to provide that to you. So once again, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. It's the Purpose Driven Rock, Purpose Driven Risk Rock podcast. I can't even talk. It's a Purpose Driven Risk podcast. Peace out. I'll talk to you later.